0: to be in the house. You guys are a bit quiet. Don't worry, I'll be loud for you. Slap your neighbor if they're dead. Resurrect them in Jesus' name. (laughs) How's everybody enjoying the Nehemiah challenge? It's been five weeks, five weeks of the Nehemiah challenge. And um, I don't know how long the Nehemiah Challenge will go for. We're only up to chapter four. (laughs) So I'm not too sure how long Nehemiah is going to go. Pastor Fina, um, on week one, she talked about the overview on Nehemiah. Uh, Week two, um, I talked about um, what will our response be. And week three and four, Pastor Fina um, preached on um, the ten gates in Nehemiah chapter three. And then this morning, I'm going to go be talking about Nehemiah 4. And the title of my message is Take Position. Everybody say, take position. Take there's, something in, uh, there's something great about the Word of God and how God has designed us, is that He's designed us in a position. We're seated in heavenly places. It's a position. You being an heir of God is a position. And in Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, Nehemiah takes two positions that helps them build the wall or carries on building the wall. Are you guys all right? So we're going to pray and then we're going to get into it. It's going to be simple, but something that you can apply every day. I could preach a good theoretical message that will go, wow, that's amazing, but will be not applicable. I'm always about preaching the Word of God that you can apply every day so that you can be the best version of you in the world that you live in. Not the best version of you just in church, but the best version of you in your workplace. The best version of you in the supermarket. The best version of you when you're driving the car and you want to pull the fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, don't lie to me this morning. I see yous. <laughs> you know those people who cut you off. But Father, we just thank you for this morning. Let God, that you speak to us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place to come have your way, and then you'll speak to every heart, Lord God, and that our ears be open and that our hearts be open to receive what you have in store for us this morning. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen, Amen, and Amen. So take position. Write that down. It's the title of the message, the Nehemiah challenge. Take position. Um, taking position is something internal and external, something that we do inside and outside. If you look at. Um, especially with um, the greatest example is people in the army. They take not only position inside, but outside they take position. You can see it, but they take position inside too. Taking position is a powerful stance. Taking position doesn't need words. Taking position speaks for itself. Taking position. Taking position doesn't need to defend itself. If you, need to defend your, if you need to defend that you're saved to people who, are, who don't know Christ, then you haven't t- taken position properly. The reason why that, um, especially in Bunnings, um, when I was there for 10 years, the reason why every person knew I was Christian is because of the position I, sta- I I stood in, a specific position that no matter what happened around me, I didn't sway. I didn't have to defend myself. I didn't have to preach about Jesus. I didn't even have to mention Jesus once. But they saw the position. Mm, yeah. It was the stance that I have had internally and externally. And taking position doesn't need to defend yourself. Um, I, I saw Christians in, in Bunnings, especially, and when people were a Christian who said they were saved, they had to defend themselves. They had to defend themselves. And the one thing that I always, always remember and carry today. When someone came up to me and said, why is your God different to the other gods that people were saying? It was something they said to me. They said, why is the God that you show is like different from these gods that people were showing? I was like, I don't know. Just being. It's a posture. It's a position. And and Nehemiah chapter 4, he takes two positions or two places or positions that I want to encourage us today with. Um, In Nehemiah chapter 4, he's still building the wall. He's not even halfway done yet. He's nearly halfway, um, but they're still building the wall. And you know me, I I think I preached on the second week about what will your response be. And Nehemiah chapter 1 came with a burden. Do you remember that? Nehemiah chapter 1 started off with a burden. And the thing with Nehemiah chapter 4, it started off with discouragement. It started off with ridicule. It started off with people saying things against them and things against what they were doing. How many of us have had people say things against us? I want to tell you it's normal. People saying bad things about you, saying, ridiculing you, saying that oh, you're not going to make it, you're going to fail, you're not going to be anything. That is normal. That These tactics are all the way back in the Old Testament. So Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, says this, But so it happened when... Son Ballet, I think, heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Here's these people mocking Nehemiah and every person that is building this wall. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in the day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone's walls. They're not saying anything private. They're saying it out loud for people to hear. Here's discouragement in the first chapter of uh, chapter four, in the first three verses, Discouragement going against what they're doing for the work of the Lord I want to tell you right now when we're doing the things of the work and doing the things of the Lord things are going to come against you people are going to come against you there's an enemy out there that wants to take your life this tactic this tactic in the first three verses is a tactic that the enemy always used and people still use today it's not new. From my experience, when this happened to me, the first thing I want to do is defend and argue. How many of us are so like that? When you hear something come against you, when they start talking about what you're doing, when they start talking about your family, your kids, what is your first response? Do you want to argue back? Do you want to defend them? Come on, be honest. That's that's the first initial response. But Nehemiah had a different position. That's right, yeah. Nehemiah teaches us something that we normally don't go to. Right, yeah. And the first thing that he does, he takes a position of prayer. Yes, yes. Woo! You might think position of prayer is nothing, but prayer is everything. Yes. The position of prayer, verses 4 to 5. This is after they're mocking him and all the workers. He says this in verse 4 and 5. He says, "Here." O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their heads and give them plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. Nehemiah and all the builders knew they would be mocked, ridiculed, and spoken against. Do you live in a society today that you get the same treatment? Or have you been in a moment in your life where you've got the same treatment? Have you been in a position where you can hear what what people are saying about you? Have you been to that place? Talk to me this morning. Have you been in that position where people are talking about you and you can hear what they're saying about you? Let me tell you, people still talk about me today. Not, Not just good things, very bad things. They still talk about our family a lot today. They still talk about Hills NZ today. And the first thing I want to do is defend and argue back. I want to get on that Facebook page. Here's the reason why, like I went back from Facebook because I saw a lot of rubbish, and I don't want to be part of the rubbish. I want to encourage us today that this tactic is not new. Pastor Fina talked about the 10 gates, about building the 10 gates and what, what they all represent. And I want to tell you, we're in the middle of building, not only internally, but externally. People are going to come against us. People are going to come against you. But we need to take our right position. And Nehemiah teaches us the position of prayer. I know that's not our initial uh, first response to everything, but he comes to a place of prayer. And I want to encourage us today, we need to practice and respond in prayer when people in in circumstances start coming against us. I know people think, uh, like, I used to think that prayer was quite religious. I think prayer was a waste of time and that prayer wasn't powerful. And then when I started understanding the Word of God, And when I started reading like what Jesus did, the first thing he did every morning was pray. First thing he did was come to the Father, pray. And Christ says that we're going to do more and exceedingly more than what he ever done. Which means we also need to start praying. And I want to challenge us. Are you praying? I'm not talking about saying gibberish stuff and going, oh, God forgive me, or oh, God bless me. I'm not talking about that kind of prayer because uh, I can tell you right now that prayer for me doesn't work. I'm talking about praying, really praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Not our Father, who art in heaven, come bless me and bless my family's name. You notice that when Jesus first taught prayer, he said, give me praise first. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It was all always about Him. The position, position of prayer. Matthew 5 44 Amen. says, But I say to you, love your enemies. Everyone say love. love. Woo! Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Say bless. bless. Do good to those who hate you. Say do good. do good. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Say pray says, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Woo! I know people don't get excited about prayer. Prayer is not like a favorite topic for many because prayer is quite, becomes quite religious in a way. But the Gospels clearly say, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. His initial response with Nehemiah, I'm going to pray. Did you notice that his prayer wasn't, Lord, forgive them? He just told God what he thought. (laughs) Don't blot out their sins, God. Put them into captivity, God. They don't deserve your grace, God. (laughs) 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 He was just honest with his prayer with God. God doesn't want to hear a shirakababashandabas. He doesn't want to hear the the, hours speaking in tongues. He wants to hear our heart. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but He hears the prayer of the righteous. He hears the prayers of the righteous. You're not righteous because of your sake, of what you've done. We're righteous because of what Christ has done for us. We've been hearing over the last, like I think, six, eight weeks about practical righteousness. God hears the prayer of the righteous. 1 Thessalonians 5:16 to, to 17 says always be joyful never stop praying. When people see never stop praying or pray without ceasing they go how do we do that? Do we just keep praying? No 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 you just keep praying. You know how you keep praying? Just keep having a convo with God. A conversation. Have a conversation with God. The first thing that Nehemiah faced was discouragement, was ridicule. And the first thing he said was, I want to pray to my God. And he just had a conversation with God. We need to learn how to position ourselves in prayer when things come against us. For us to even build this house externally, we need to position ourselves in prayer. Money is not enough to do this. Prayer is required to make this happen. Do you think they built the wars just with their physical hands? No, they built the wars with their prayers as well. The prayers in our lives are really important. And I want to ask us again, are you praying? I'm not talking about praying your thou art God prayer. I'm talking about are you praying? Taking position of prayer is a powerful position. Prayer doesn't change God. Let me say that again. Prayer doesn't change God because God says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Prayer doesn't change God, but it does change the person who's praying because it shifts focus. Prayer does not change God, but it changes the person who is praying because it shifts the focus from physical to supernatural. So I want to ask us again, are you praying? Are you positioning yourself in prayer? When things come against you, is the first response? Prayer. I can tell you right now, like the only reason why I am where I am in Christ today is because of prayer. Not just only for my prayer for my parents, not just for people who are praying for me um, in the church or anywhere else, but the prayers that I've been praying. My position. Nehemiah could have chose anything else, but he chose to pray. The question I want to ask us today is that when things come against you, do you position yourself in prayer? Because when you go throughout the Nehemiah, Nehemiah does extraordinary things, but he always goes back to prayer. You don't know what to do? Pray. Have you ever been in a place where you don't know what to do? Put your hands up. Don't know what to do sometimes? Pray. You're finding things difficult? Pray. People are coming against you? Pray. Pray. Getting hit with circumstances. Pray. It sounds so simple, but so far from the house. So from, for far from churches. They don't pray. You want to see supernatural move in your life? Pray. You want God to heal your family? Pray. You want salvation in your family? Pray. Pray, 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 pray. The position of prayer. Prayer is not a religious act. It's a position. Prayer is not a religious act, it's a position. So I want to ask us again this morning, are you praying? Amen. Look at your neighbor, left to right. They need your prayer. Look to the person in front of you and behind you. They need your prayer. Prayer is important and vital for the growth of a house, for the growth of a people. <coughs> Hills is not here today without prayer. Our lead pastors could not take it this far without prayer. You could not be here without prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. Position of prayer. So I want to ask us again, are you praying? If you're not, I want to uh, encourage you, position yourself to pray. Position yourself in prayer. Are we all right? The second position that Nehemiah takes is the position of action. So he starts with a position of prayer, and then he goes to a position of action. Nehemiah took himself and the people into a position of what? Action. You need to talk to me. Position of action. action. Nehemiah 4, 8-9. And all of them conspired together to come and, come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayers to God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and not their enemies were going to come against them. They, start, they, said, they started conspiring and said, we're going to attack the people when they least expect it. So what Nehemiah did was that he positioned himself for action. You might not see, see any significance in this, but he could have just prayed for the city to be protected, but he actually actioned what he prayed. I am so glad Nehemiah not just didn't just pray, but he actioned what he prayed. You know what, the the story in Nehemiah, all these chapters, will not be here if he didn't action his prayers. Today we have a lot of praying people with no action. I'm talking about the church. We have a lot of praying people without any action. I want to pray whether or not to come to the working bee. Woo! I want to pray whether or not I should do the barbecue at family day. Woo! I want to pray if I should be at church today. Woo! I should pray whether or not I should be in life group or connect group. Sorry, I got there off Pastor D. (laughs) Connect Group. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever got a job that you just prayed for, never looked for a job, never handed your CV, and then got a job? I can tell you right now, 0.1% of my life have I ever prayed and got something straight away from God without doing anything. 99.9% of the time of your life requires action to your prayer. It wasn't good enough for Nehemiah to go, God, protect the city while we build. He's like, God, we need you to protect the city, but I want to put people in stations so that we can protect it with you. The position of action. Are we all right? In this time, like today, in this, 2020 era, era um, we don't fight with swords. You don't see anyone with swords around here, unless you've got swords in your house. But you don't see, <laughs> I know Pastor D's got a sword. <laughs> but we don't fight with swords anymore. What's the position of action today for us? Because it's not, it's not the same as before. We don't, we don't stand outside our house with a gun and protect our family. You know, we don't do that. We don't stand outside with a sword outside our family and like wait for something. But what do we do? It says in Ephesians 6. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Are we all right? The position of action. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of what? Truth. And the body armor of God's righteousness for shoes. Put on peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at what? All times. All times. Let me say that again. Pray in the spirit at all times. Pray in the spirit at all times. Oh yeah, we're equipped with all this armor, but pray in the spirit at all times. The position of prayer and action come together. And on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your what? Prayers. Nehemiah did this very well. He's like, oh, I'm going to pray. The people are going to pray. Cool. Now let's action it. Okay, you guys, protect that side, you go on that side, you go on that side, you go on that side. You're going to build, but you're also going to protect. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is now our position of action. We're not fighting against what? Flesh and blood, but principalities. That's the position of action today. It's not the same before. We're in a different fight today. When I read, put on the arm of God, I read it as a command. Put on? Have you ever said to your child, if you have a child, put on your t-shirt? Was that, a, was that an option? <laughs> That's not an option. When you say, put your shoes on, it wasn't a debate. It was like, put your shoes on. When I see God telling us, put on the armor of God, it wasn't a request. He's saying, put it on. He said, it's not good enough just to pray about it. Put on the armor because you need it. I see it as a position of action. When I, say, when I see Ephesians 6, I'm like, God's telling me to action what I'm saying. Putting on requires us to do something. And never said for someone else to put it on for you. Oh, but pastor, you should put on my armor. Put your own armor on. <laughs> oh, no, but it's for the leadership. No, it's for you. Yeah. When God says put on the armor, he, he didn't say put on the armor, pastor, or put on the armor, leadership, or put on the armor, leaders. He just said put on the armor right. to each and every one of us. With every prayer requires action. There's only 100% I percent like, There's one story I can tell you that I didn't have to do anything with my prayer. I remember I needed money. I think I needed three, between three and 500 bucks. I can't remember. Um, And I remember a pastor came from Auckland and we hanged out for lunch and then he went to the ATM, took out the right amount of money and said, God told me on the way back on this plane to give you this amount of money because you needed it. The, like, I've only experienced 0.1% of my life where I had to pray and do nothing. But I can tell you for everything else in my life, I had to pray in action. We can't just be praying Christians because all we're doing is going to be bench warming for the rest of our lives. But we need to be people who position ourselves in prayer but then also position ourselves in action. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 4, says this. For though we walk in the what? Flesh. We do not war according to the what? Flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The battle's not here anymore. In Nehemiah's day, and through the Old Testament, it was all about war. But when Christ came, he showed a new way. He said it's not against each other anymore. It's not about warring between our brothers and sisters. It's not about warring against our community or whatever. But it's in heavenly places. We're fighting in this realm. So our weapons are not of this world. Hence the reason why we need the armor of God. Because we need God's armor. We need God's armor. We can't fight this war With our abilities and with our armor and with our giftings, it doesn't work. We need God. Let me read this again: For we walk in the flesh; we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in who? In God. Are we right this morning? You guys are real quiet. So, this position of action. Have you, I want to ask this question and I want you to be honest with yourself. Have you ever prayed and just did nothing about it? Is there a prayer that you're praying right now and you still haven't done nothing about it? Because you're waiting on somebody or waiting on God to do something? Can I have every eye closed for a moment? If that is you, and you've been praying this prayer for a long time or whatever, and you haven't actually actioned anything, I want you to shift your prayer and pray the same prayer, but then shift it and say, God, but I want to do this. And once you tell that to yourself, then open your eyes. Nehemiah teaches us the positional prayer. But then it also teaches us the position of action. And I want to encourage us, let us not just be a praying church, but let us be a church that actions everything that we pray. The same tactic that Nehemiah went through is the same tactic that people use today. The tactic hasn't changed. See, there's an enemy out there, as I said in the beginning, there's an enemy out there who wants you to fail. I don't know if you believe that, but there's an enemy out there who wants you to fail. There's an enemy out there that wants hills to fail. They want this church to fail. There's an enemy out there that wants your future to fail. If you look at your life, do you think you should be here today? Majority of you probably go, man, I shouldn't be even alive. Because there's an enemy out there that wants you to fail. There is an enemy out there that wants your children and your family to fail. Hence the reason why I'm talking about the position. I love anything in the Word of God. I I always go back to the position of something. Because God, there's, there's a structure to God that He wants us to understand. This position of prayer is not just a light thing. Position of prayer is like a stance where you're not going to move. You know, with Pastor Andrew being um, unwell, man, I can, I, I can hear it from, especially from my mom, Pastor Fena. She was warring over it. It's a position of prayer. There's an enemy that wants your children and family to fail, there's an enemy that wants our communities to fail. Not just Wainui. Lower heart, upper heart, potty door. There's an enemy that wants New Zealand to fail. There's an enemy that wants your life. Like, let's be real. There's an enemy that wants your life. There will always be people who will come against what you're doing. You may be working, and you can hear people talking about you. You may be living this Christian life, and people are saying, oh, that guy's not really Christian, or that person's not really Christian. Are they actually saved? Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, absolutely. There will always be people talking against you. But we have an opportunity today to allow God to intervene. But you know what? God's given us the tools as well. So we, we always, we, like, I hear this a lot, especially with, um, like, young adults, young adults and adults. I hear it a lot is that they want God to intervene, but they don't use what God has already gave them. God can only do so much. He's not going to leave heaven to come do stuff. Here's the reason why He gave us Holy Spirit within us. He gave us and equipped us Holy Spirit so that we can outwork what we pray. The reason why the person next to you is the greatest miracle is because they got Holy Spirit in them. The reason why your children are the greatest thing that's about to come is because they've got Holy Spirit in them. It is so vital for each and every one of us to position ourselves in prayer, but also position ourselves in action. There's a right way for us to intervene in times of circumstances. There's a right way in the way we uh, conduct ourselves. There's a right way on how we respond to people coming against us. And what is the right way? The right way is positioning us in prayer and positioning ourselves in action. And I'm not talking about arguing with people. You can, have you ever argued with somebody who they just, in their mind, their way is right, and whatever you say can't change their mind? Have you ever been like that? Have you ever met somebody like that? I used to be like that. (laughs) Like you can argue till the sun goes down, but their way is the right way. Don't waste your time arguing. Don't waste your time defending yourself. Pray and action that prayer. God, teach me how to love this person. It's to say, like, there's an enemy, like, not an enemy, but there's someone in your work that really frustrates you. And you want to say stuff. So I want to encourage you this week for that person that that annoys you. I want to encourage you to go, God, help me love this person. He's so unlovable. But help me to love that person. I feel like crushing him. But help me to love this person. Be honest with God. And then the best way to action it is buy him lunch. Action. Buy him lunch. I'll tell you a true story. I actually did this. I actually did this. I got a hiding for it. I actually did this. Someone, um, there was a group of boys who um, tried to step me out in school. And I remember the, the, the group of fifteen the, um, first 15s went to come against me. And I got rescued by girls. Because they're like, what the heck are you up to? All these boys were trying to fight me. I have no clue. And the next day, um, not the next day, the next week, because I came on Sunday and talked about it, and the church actually encouraged me to bake them cookies. (laughs) I remember, Life City Days. I baked them cookies. And when I baked them cookies, I nearly got the second hiding. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's a true story. Like, I actually baked them cookies. And I nearly got a second hiding... And this is where um, Angus stepped in. Because then they were like, why are these first 15 boys trying to beat me up? I have no clue. Um, and then I remember I, g- I nearly gave him cookies and I nearly got a second hiding. But by the end of the day, the people who were trying to give me a hiding gave me a, uh, came up to me and apologized because the things that they heard about me and what I've done were all lies. I remember by the end of the day, I got apolo- apologies from all of them. And I remember the next year when I came to school, I got apologies from everybody else who believed the lies that were spoken against me in high school. Over cookies. I didn't know it was a position of action until I grew up. I didn't just pray about it. Like I wasn't a good kid. and I wasn't like a good Christian kid. But there were times in my life that I did something that was godly. <laughs> And those were one of those moments where God intervened. Because he only intervened because I stepped up to the plate and intervened myself. There's things in your life that you're praying for that God wants you to make the first step in. Yeah. It's great that you're praying. And you may be praying been praying this prayer for like 10 years or whatever. But I want to encourage us. Have you positioned yourself in action to that prayer so that God can actually use it? It's, I'll go back to the example. It's like, God, I pray for a job but I don't want to give my CV into a job. Can you please get somebody to call my number that they don't have so that I can get a job? It's so good, buddy. It's so true. But, like, th- But that's the seriousness of how Christians live their life, not in that capacity, but in the way they ask God for stuff. They ask God for stuff to intervene into their life, but they actually do nothing about it. We can't be a church that just prays. We need to be a church that actions the prayers that we're saying. When we pray for our communities and go, God, we want our communities to be saved. So what are we doing about it? We can't ask for God to, to bring people from the outside, inside the house, without us doing something about it. We can't go, God, bring in the people. He's like, well, I invite them. God, we're just believing for miracles that you'll heal, that you'll bring salvation. Well, invite them. Oh, I'm believing that God's going to heal somebody this morning. Pray for them. Yeah, can't, we can't just pray in our own time and pray, God, miracles, 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 and then God gives us an opportunity and doesn't pray for that person. Our prayers require action. Are we all right this morning? So what is the right way? The right way is the position of prayer and the position of action. So that's my encouragement to us this morning. As we walk through this Nehemiah challenge, I want to ask you to dare to believe for something great and action upon that. You praying for your family? Cool. How about you just invite them to something? It might not be church. It might be connect group. I don't know. It might be for dinner with another couple in the house. I'm sure you have loved ones who are not saved. But I'm sure you can bring something together where they can experience the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. I'm sure you can do that. Does that make sense this morning? I know that was really simple. But I'm all about simplicity. Because when I look at the church, just the church, the wider body, I, I see simplicity leave. And it's so hard to get into church because people think they have to do their ABCs to Zs. But God's not like that. God says, come as you are. But then he goes, but you're not leaving as you are. Here's the reason why I don't like this statement. Like, oh, but God says, come as you are. but He But he doesn't leave you as you are. He actually changes you. So I encourage, one more time, let's position ourselves in prayer this week, but also action what we're praying. If it's somebody that in your workplace, in your life, that that really annoys you and you need to pray for them, pray for them, but I want to encourage you to action something. Buy them lunch, take them out for coffee. Do something crazy to extend what your prayer is saying. Amen? Awesome. Thank you.